Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, welcome to Get Out There and Get Known podcast. We are just sailing into 2022, and this is probably one of the most important podcasts that I've ever done because it's with someone that I really stumbled upon a few weeks ago because I was looking about uh, media in Boston. And Boston is a major media market, and it's not really a large population of African-Americans there. And so, you know, I'm all about African-American media, black media, and that sort of thing. So I was looking at the black media that they have there, the black newspapers, black radio stations. It's a few. Had some clients that were really interested in doing that. And then I happened to up on Black News Hour by the Boston Globe. And I'm like, what? What is that? And so as I begin to snoop, uh, journalism is my background, so I do my little investigative things here. And I look upon Greg, and Greg is Lee is the uh, senior assistant managing editor, talent and community at the Boston Globe, and he also was a former president of NABJ. So I definitely know about NABJ, local chapter here in Detroit. Shout out to Detroit, um, but he's definitely he was the national president of the NABJ. And so when I looked at what he was doing and the Black News Hour, it was basically it's like a a collective, I guess you would say, of the Black journalists at the Boston Globe, probably a good, maybe handful, um, where they deliver really news that connects the community and goes in deeper, which is, I love that, into issues of pe- impacting the city. So it's it's her, it's watched on um, Roku, Apple, Twitter Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, all that kind of stuff, BoxCast, uh, and also WCB. BTV as well, but it's a way for the news to go a little bit deeper in terms of what Black journalists have to do. So Greg's background, he has been at various different places uh, in his career, and uh, give you a little bit of his bio. You can kind of read it down there at the at the bottom. But he really runs the newsroom over there at the Globe, right? He, um, you know, is one of the senior editors. He's uh, head of the recruiting efforts as well, staffing the newsroom. He also serves really as a uh, a role in assisting the Globe to build communities around the newsroom's work to attract new readers and strengthen the bonds with the subscribers that the Globe has. But one of the things that you don't know, or maybe you do know, is that this is the second stint that he's been at the Globe. He's spent eight years there, um, in 2004 to 12 as a senior assistant sports editor, which is pretty interesting. I wonder if he knows any any of the sports writers that I can ask him about in a minute. And then he returns after a two-year stint really now as a senior uh, managing editor. And so of the Athletic DC, after, after he returned from the Athletic DC, then he had previous stops in between there. He was at um, New Orleans. He was at the Washington Post. He was in Fort Lauderdale. He worked at the NAB, NA, NAB. NBA, rather, uh-huh, .com at Turner Sports. And then, like I said, he was a former president of NABJ and also a winner of an award, the Missouri 
honor medal. So he's from New Orleans. Uh, he happens to be a New Orleans Saints fan. Hey, I'm from Detroit, so I, I'm I'm just glad of anybody to get somebody that's winning. Uh, so Detroit Lions. So I'm going to bring up now Greg Lee. Hey, Greg. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, that's hey, nice. hey. So that's interesting. So sports was like your thing. That is yeah. very interesting. So one of the things I want to know just right off the bat, if you knew Drew Sharp. Drew Sharp was with the yeah. Detroit Freakers. Drew yeah, Sharp was a legendary columnist there, and uh, he was a big voice there in that city. I know he's missed missed by a lot of missed. colleagues, and uh, yeah. it, it was interesting to hear his, read his uh, words after the Michigan Ohio State game. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Drew yeah. Drew very big voice, and it, it, it's uh, it's it's very missed there. I'm sure of that. Yeah. He's a cousin. He's a cousin by marriage. Mark and um, Drew are first cousins. And so Scott Perry is also a cousin as well. So we have this whole thing about the sports and all of that. And then Drew's wife went to Michigan State. Of course, Drew went to Michigan. So it was always interesting when those Michigan, Michigan State. Goes <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was always just crazy. So, yeah, he um, he 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 passed, but he lived the life that he wanted to live. I mean, he had the big time thing that he loved sports his entire life and he was like the sports writer at the in Detroit so yeah so that was I mean if you can kind of say he did it for 30 years and he, yeah, did, he, did, he did what he liked and he loved doing, doing it and he did an excellent job like he said yes. he, was the, he was the voice of Detroit I mean there's there was him and, and, and Mitch album but you know yes, you Mitch. know for black journalists sports journalists look to Drew Sharp that was it. That was it. So tell us a little bit about why you got into journalism. It wasn't so that you can report the sports news. So what was what was yeah, for you? I, I got in because I did love sports. I mean, I like sports. It's been ingrained in my life. I've uh, been like that since I was a kid. My people growing up in church in New Orleans used to nickname me Howard Corsell because I knew everything about sports. So <laughs> well, I never thought I could have a career in journalism. I never knew in my family. There was no exposure in my life to journalism, you know, hands on. Uh, so uh my, my parents thought I was gonna be a lawyer. I thought I was gonna go to law school, to be honest. Okay. And, okay. Um, and I was going to do that, but when I went to college uh, at Xavier University in New Orleans, um I started I, I started off and I got I, there was a path for me. I saw it was a mass communication department. There was a school paper, there was a uh a, a TV station. I actually was partly I was doing TV first. I was starting to be a broadcast journalist and then I looked at the student paper and I saw how the stuff in the sports section was wrong and bad, bad edits. And I challenged the editor to say, well, since you know so much, you think you know so much, why don't you come work for us? And I did. And that's and how it started. I, I love HBCUs, man. They will pull it out of you, won't they? They yes, will pull it out yes. of you. And yeah. so you were you were doing broadcast and you went into print and then you just kind of like took over and it's like yeah. like a fish to water, so to speak. Yes, exactly. So that's how it all started, to be honest. And so how did you get involved with NABJ? Was it in college? Was it after? Yeah, I started off, I actually I actually founded our student chapter on campus. And cool. then when I got out of college, Dave, I was still, I was working at the time speaking in the local paper. I was already there. I actually, I started the local paper when I was in college in 19. So I started, wow. so I was already in the newspaper in college. And um, so you had clips. Yeah, I had clips. I had <laughs> I had stuff. I had things going on already um, in, in my sophomore year in college, and uh, yeah, I started off that the, the student chapter there when I was in college there, and then when I got out of school, I, I started off as a chapter treasurer of the New Orleans chapter of uh, Black Journalists, and I grew from there, and, and then became chapter president, and I um, I helped uh, run a regional conference where we had the Gulf State regions and and some of the Midwest come to a conference in New Orleans, and I was the host 
uh, chapter and I planned all that stuff. And next thing you know, national leadership was, was tapping me to be, to run for the board of directors. And then that's, and that all started off the long run of service for the, to the organization. <laughs> so it, they got me as a kid basically. And, and I, yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Uh, and I didn't know it was going to lead to all of this. Uh, but yeah, start off as, as anything in life, humble beginnings, start off at the bottom and work your way up. And, and one of the things about NABJ, because I was involved in NABJ in college as well, and then out of college, is that the mission of NABJ is that everybody works together to help one another. There's yeah. recruiters that people can meet at the conventions. There's professional development uh, uh, seminars. There's uh, authors that are come to NABJ. Obviously, there's great speakers and all of that. So it's a when I call, if, if you're in communications, journalism, any of that, you should you should be at NABJ. And so for you to rise through the ranks of that is pretty, it, they're pretty stringent. And they've been around over 40 years. Yeah, yeah. We, so, yeah. so they're pretty stringent. We're celebrating another birthday in uh, 11 days, actually, NABJ. So wow. December 12th, uh, you know, so we, you know, we have another birthday coming up. So uh, yeah, NBJ is still gone, even though we've had remote conventions in the last two years, and we hope to uh, reunite in person in Las Vegas in 2022. So we're knocking on wood. Hope it, Omicron stays uh, at bay. <laughs> oh, that is that's one of the things too, because our NABJ, the Detroit chapter, has an event this coming Saturday, and it's with um, they're honoring Rochelle Riley. Yes, and Rochelle sure. Riley's going to have some p- virtual people there that'll she's getting inducted in the NABJ Detroit NABJ yeah, Hall of Fame, yeah. and so it's very rare that there is in the media space, especially with with the, what I call the major media, that you find um, journalists that have moved up into management. So uh, Rochelle was a columnist; she wasn't necessarily a manager, but later was Felicia, Felicia Henderson. She was a managing editor at Detroit News. Yeah. So tell us what it's like to really you know, go to HBCU, really be down with your people, NABJ, you know, definitely they give you the mindset of like, we've got to support each other and then go to work for something like the Boston Globe. So is that how and why you did the Black News Hour or just kind of give it? Yeah, it's just just the natural progression of what I've done starting off as a kid. And like, I, I had an opportunity to be a reporter when I graduated from college. And my editor, when I was at the time speaking on, asked me when I graduated, what do you want to do, Greg? Do you want to be report? I have a reporting job for you. I have an editing job for you. Mm-hmm. I said, since I've been around here for a couple of years and I watched the in- internal machinations of the whole newsroom, I want your job one day. So ah. I'm going to take, take the editing route and, yes. uh, and the management route. So I, I've, I've learned so much over the years from different newsroom leaders and different places I've been in and really taken pit bar, pit bit you know parts of leadership styles that I like and I don't like you know but I've learned about the business since a kid uh, and you pick up a lot of things over the years when you are around great leaders and I've been fortunate and blessed to be around great leaders in newsrooms and stuff so and also at the same time I always was myself I never changed to who I was mm-hmm. when I first started so yeah. when when employers wanted to recruit me and want me to come to the newsroom, they knew they were going to get my, my authentic self. I was always going to be authentic. I was going to be myself. I was going to be a kid from New Orleans who went to an HBCU who, who uh, believes in service and believe in giving back and also giving back to uh, not only my people, but people who are underserved in our communities yeah. and underserved in newsrooms. So that's that's going to be at the foundation of any time you want to engage me in a conversation and joining your organization. Well, that's me. Otherwise, if you don't have those, if you don't have those tenants, I'm not coming. 
Yeah. And that's and that's one of the reasons probably why you're successful, because it's easy for you to be you. You don't have to like play the politics. You don't have to like disguise the fact that I'm for my people or whatever. So how did the Black News Hour come about? How did that actually um, because I love the concept. I mean, it's like that's that's a feat. I congratulate you on that. It really is. Yeah, it's, ac- it's actually funny how it worked out because um, um, Pastor Bruce Wall, who hosts the studio, has his own network. And he actually reached out to my boss, the editor, Brian McGorry, about doing a partnership. He wanted the Boston Globe to uh, have his journalists to do a show on his network. So my boss put that in my plate and helped and told me and asked me to look into it. So I looked into it and I, I did my homework. We did a lot of negotiations. I brought in uh, my editors, gave me the free reign to go in and figure this out. And uh, and working with my uh, working with the marketing team, the business unit, the business side is all in all in. They're propped out. Definitely, a journalist is helping out. I, I you know from the perch I sit as a managing editor, I have access to the talent and ask them if they want to help out in the project. And we had a lot of brainstorming sessions. And after about five months, we decided, okay, let's, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to do one show a month for four, you know, at the, you know, the first one was um, in September and we said, we're going to take a look at the, you know, the rest of the year. We do one show a month and, okay. uh, and on a Friday and eight to 9 AM and we'll see how it goes. And I'm telling you, we got so much after the first show, we got so much great feedback from the community. It's like people calling us, they want to join it. They want to be on the show. Uh, so we've had dynamic uh, guests on the show, especially this year with the historic mayor's race we had here in the city. Mm-hmm. We had both the candidates on. Uh, we we had the uh, DA, uh, uh, Rachel Rollins, who's up for a U.S. attorney, um, uh, which is now being held by the, held up by the Senate. But she wanted to be on our show. She was on our show. And the uh, show is basically brand new. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, on a, it's on the station or network owned by a pastor. Yes. Shout yeah. out to the pastors of trying to do community change, right? It's just yeah, like, so, that's not going to end. That's going to so end. Pastor Wall, so Pastor Wall, he, he's, a, he's a media consumer. He said he wanted the Globe's journalism to be on his show because he felt that we were credible. And mm-hmm. I said, um, yeah, we Definitely. can do this. But also for, for us, you know, we know that this is an area of the community we need to reach. We need to yeah. go. Our journalism, where we write, you know, rewrite stories about um, you know, disparities in school systems and law enforcement and criminal justice, sports and all that stuff. But we know what our demographics are when it comes to people who actually subscribe to us. The, the stories that we are writing about and reporting may not necessarily get to an audience. So this is a perfect opportunity to share to my team and say, look, we have to go where the audience is and where the yeah. audience is, is here. Yes. And, yeah. um, and so they believe in that vision. And I have the full support of my organization now, you know, from our CEO, who is very excited about this uh, effort. Uh, we've also co-sponsored a couple of events that's going on in the city with Black News Boston, with Black News Hour. Um, we started a newsletter. We did our first newsletter last week. I'm actually in the middle of editing our second one right now. I got the newsletter. We want to do a podcast to go with this. <laughs> so we have a web page to go with it. Our staff. The web page is awesome. The so, web page. What's what's the URL to the web page? It's, it's, it's on like, bostonglobe.bostonglobe.com, and you can find it on the metro section. It probably could do bostonglobe.com backslash b. N H. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I love that. That is, so, it is when I looked at, it, I was like, "Oh my God, this and is it, and look, amazing!" And, and doing this website, a young, a young sister on our staff actually designed it. She wanted to do this. This is being. It's nothing that this is part of my job as talent 
leader, talent uh, person is that I want to our young talent people get more experience to, to experiment, to do different things. So the great thing about this show, too, it also serves the purpose as a training ground for some of our younger journalists to get them more exposure to show mm-hmm. the community that we have these young people uh, working in our organization. So it gives them extra skills. Uh, you know, we have one young lady who's in uh, for a fellowship program. She's one of our producers. She's never done broadcasting or radio and like that. So she's writing scripts for us. She's now oh, yeah. our newsletter. Oh, so, it's not, so not only not only helps us bring our message to you know the community in terms of our stories and our journalism is also training my our young people and developing given skills to my staffers uh a a, a new platform mm-hmm. a, a new canvas for them to expand themselves so yes, it's really worked out in a lot of ways and what i do and the things that it worked this whole show this whole concept really serves multiple purposes and it's on Roku as well. It's on yes, Roku. On Roku yep. All of that. But then also, too, like you said, it's going to be a podcast as well. It's just one of those things where um, in the perfect world, what you all have done is just amazing. I wish that all major markets where there are NABJ people like you that can spearhead things like that because it does dive in deeper into the issues and it brings people to the forefront for them to be interviewed because there's only so many stations that, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, and, you know, so they may not cover African-American issues as deep as you all do. I mean, they may do it Sunday and, you know, that kind of thing, and they relegate it to the weekend, but you all are doing it eight to nine on Fridays. Is it you only one day a week now? One, yeah. Actually, our next show is on December 17th. So, okay. uh, you know, we're going to try to expand out, you know, um, to do more shows uh, in a week, but when we get, you know, as we get, if we get more support in terms of like, you know, this is, it costs money. So we got to get sponsorships and right. business plans and our business plans are coming up. We plan in 2022. We have support that, like I said, our marketing sales teams are behind this. So, and for us to do more shows, which we want to do, we got to get more resources. That's the realistic because I, they, my team is excited. Everyone in our company is excited. I slow them down. Like, yeah, until we get more resources, let's just do the best shows we can once a week and everything else will fall into place. So the advertising, this is just kind of like a, a, a question because I worked in advertising at the Detroit Free Press. So does the advertising team, would they sell the the digital, obviously part of Boston Globe, and they'll also sell the print, the, the main sheet, but they'll also, could they sell the show as well? As a they could. I mean, it's a, it just would be a, just another, uh, uh, another, another vehicle, character, another vehicle uh, for a partnership. Yeah. yeah, to do that. So this is another way for them to uh, uh, partner with the Globe and sponsor. So yes. So this is going to be, this is, you know, the, uh, like I said, the marketing and sales team is very excited about the possibilities of this show and what we yeah. developed so far. So, yeah. and, and, and once, and, we, and once we get those official sponsorships and stuff of that sort, I'm, I'm sure we'll be expanding the show because, uh, I got my other job. I got other jobs. I got in my portfolio to do, and this takes up a lot of my time, which is fine. Uh, I'm not an expert in this space. I am not an expert. I am not an executive producer or director or producer or show manager. manager. <laughs> I got all this stuff we're doing. I'm doing with uh, with the help of my my great team. But we have day, my team has day jobs too. They're reporters. They're producers and other things. So we all doing this as part uh, as as an addition to the things we have to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It is, and that's one of the things. Vicky Thomas from Detroit. Um, she's uh, on NABJ's board and she says that, you know, when she was in radio that not only when she started, you just 
report it and then you kind of go back and you give it to the people to put it together. But now it's like, I got to do the video while I'm there. I've got to edit it when the truck, I've got to do the blog, maybe do the tweets and then do the social media. Yeah. It's like social media. There's nothing. We got a social media team with us too. I have a social media team. Like we, I'm looking at my board now. We got Facebook, we got IG, TikTok, we got to do it. We got YouTube. So, you know, Twitter spaces, are we going to do this on, on Clubhouse? Twitter spaces. So, so yeah. Yeah, so it's, so it's the social audio thing is for real. That is that's real. like we, got that. we, we we actually have a team uh who comes to our show every week and they record our show and they make clips for us and a marketing clip so we could do the marketing stuff. So we have support. We have so we have you know so we have uh, support from our marketing team and they budget and I you know I got I got now we have mugs show mugs. I have one mug now <laughs> and uh and I just showed yesterday that we have uh now. And, and gift bags when they sponsor these events, they have like the Black News Hour uh, notebook with, with the Ooh. name and stuff on. I was like, "Where's mine?" Yes, but yes. It's just, but just amazing to see how fast this is growing and what we're doing and and the buy-in from our team. So I'm excited about that and all its possibilities. But as you mentioned, it takes representation to bring these things together, and we need more representation, like myself and newsrooms around the country. And it's growing. We see, uh, you know, black women taking over leading papers in Dallas and in Houston and Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're we're starting to slowly take over our new taking over newsrooms and bring our uh, our diversity. I'm bringing different, you know, bringing our ideas to the table and and make things happen. You know, before mm-hmm. we could make things happen. So you need people. The most important thing is we have. That's why we continue in NBJ to fight for representation, not only um, reporting stories, but people who actually make decisions, who make things happen. And yes. uh, and that's why the globe brought me back. Because they know I can make things happen, and uh, they know what I what I did when I was here eight, you know, nine years ago, nine years ago, and I'm back. Um, so having that representation representation in the newsroom matters, and it has impact. And I like the fact that uh, the Black News Hour is one of those things where it's um, how do I say it's in the community, but also it's a training ground for journalists. But you're also um, having people who typically wouldn't have shine in the media you're giving them an opportunity so how do people pitch to be a part of the show how would they go about pitching you if they say hey you know i'd like to you know voice whatever it is you know i'd like to talk about so give me an example so i have a client that is really into real estate investment in the boston area so he's teaching other black men also how to buy property how to fix it up how to rent it out and how to really talk about legacy building because it's really in real estate and you could do it he shows people how to do it so how would he go about coming on to talk about that or yeah, actually people you know actually actually a couple weeks ago i had breakfast with someone in that space that very space you're talking about oh and talking about black businesses and stuff actually had a good conversation with someone about that and we have a show about that at some point um people email me stuff they'll talk to our reporters one one uh that, that very person i'm talking about right right now talked to my reporter who's actually one of the co-hosts and say they would like to talk to me about it. So my reporters get back to me and say such and such wants to be in a show, discuss things with you. So, you know, my email address is easy, greg.lead at globe.com. Mm-hmm. Um, people re- reach out to me, my reporters, or my reporters who are part of the show, especially black reporters, they come back to me and says, such and such wants to be on the show. Okay, uh, let me know. I, I we'll work it out. So so right now it's, it's right now it's mom and pop, so to speak, because we're just starting. At some point, we will have someone else taking care of show bookings, and you know, like we, we we've already planned out this next show next week. Um, it's going to be on sports, inter- sports and entertainment in Boston. Uh, okay. Next in January, we're going to have the Emancipator Takeover, where we have a new publication that we're starting uh, that's that's being launched 
uh, uh, by our team at, we were partnering with Boston University with Dr. Uh, you know, yes. so, you know, the yes, anti-racism Boston University. So that yes. publication is launching in, I believe in January. So they're going to do a whole show on that next month in Ooh, January. That is good. So that we're is looking good. forward to that. Uh, that's going to be January 28th, a big, great lead into Black History Month. And actually, mm-hmm. speaking of Black History Month, we're probably going to do two shows on Black History yeah. Month. And probably, and we're definitely going to do a show on um, disparities in health, especially uh, uh, in Boston. So we're going to definitely going to do a show, especially if we have actually the Boston Globe. We have a company called Stat covers the medical field, the medical oh, profession, yeah. and it's yeah. very big. So we're going to you, you know, partner with them to do a show about you know we're gonna, we haven't nailed down the topics, but definitely going to be centered on Black health, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. mental health, health COVID, and the disparities that COVID has shown us. So. We're gonna we're gonna be issue oriented show. And, and, that really uh, keeps that really keeps the globe, I guess you would say, you know, not your grandma's and granddad's newspaper. I mean, it still is. They're still probably reading it, but then also too, the younger people are reading it too because you've yeah. got more cachet and brand, and you're more in the community and that sort of yeah. thing. So that's we, last, last year we talked about the supporting black businesses. We had a, a young lady who's an entrepreneur who opened up a pop up store during the Christmas holidays on one of the. Yeah, one of the most elite streets of shopping in Boston, Newberry Street. So we we put her on the show, and then we had uh, uh, the funny thing is we had the president of the Black Economic Council on here. On yeah, the show. yeah. And the funny thing was the night before he just accepted taking uh, the lead economic role for the new mayor's administration. So it was great to have him on wow. the show. So people like breaking news. Yeah, yeah. We he broke the, <laughs> it was right the night before. I'm like, did you hear the news, Greg? I came to the studio. I said, did you hear the news? I said, no. What happened? Oh. He just took the job with the mayor's office. Oh, we got, we got, we, we talk, we can talk to the man about, about the mayor's, the, the, the new mayor, the new administration's uh, take on um, their supporting the black businesses in Boston. So it's great to have a new hire on the show. So yes, and that's so, like that's so, breaking news. And yes. I've heard of that black is it black chamber council council the black economic council. Yeah, yes, yeah. So yes. Beckman's called is no yes. Beckman and. Uh, and we and they had we actually the black this show we sponsored the black expo last week and we actually um that same show he was on we streamed our show on at his convention so oh my god partnership there so you know, is, this is a this is a fast moving but still growing enterprise so it is uh, it's, it's amazing the things that we've been able to accomplish um uh in the in since uh, since we launched in September and it's all like- because all because of Pastor Wall reaching out just cold to our, to our <laughs> editor. And all and all because of that, and it was received, and and I was the person who was on his plate to make it happen, and here we are now. That is cool. That is cool. Well, your career, the, all of the pieces of your career in the past have all led up to this. Yes. So yes. you know, like you said, the first part when you like I was going to go into broadcasting, but then I switched over to this, and then I switched over into the management editorial. Then you know, all of it leads up to all of this where we are right now. And what I like about it is that you are evolving. Like you said, you know, Twitter Spaces, uh, Clubhouse, social media, all of that. And and when we talk about communications, that's really important. So one of the things about Black media is that we want to make sure our stories are told. And one of the things that it's not just about like selling your books or making sure that people hear you so they can book you to speak or whatever. But it's like, how are you helping the community? And so from watching your show or seeing what you're doing, that's what I want people to understand. It's like, okay, you can come on the show. You can actually tell the reporter your story, but how are you helping the community? What's the impact? Why would the audience care? I would say like, so why would they care? And then, and then I get those looks like, mm, I don't know why they would care. I said, well, then you got to go back to the drawing board. Come back with a different pitch so that you can know why people care. And people care about what's going to help them. 
help yeah. them, not the other person. Right. So that's really, really good. That is really good. Yeah, and, our, and our leaders have really identified. They've really were like really amazed at the, the, the amazing reception towards this. So thus the enthusiasm that they're shown behind this uh, endeavor. So it's uh, it's been exciting and it's a uh, it's uh it's been it's just exciting for all of us at the globe and uh we just keep growing so yeah that is good and you know one of the things that um if it, i don't know if pastor walls if his if his organization is a um non-profit or not I don't it is know. non-profit he's it's funny because i told him when he started this you know you're going to start you open a pandora's box for yourself you're going to be you're going to have people calling you and asking you to consult with you how to do this other passes and what happened his yeah. phone his phone's been ringing off the hook i said i know those should be prepared man the, and this is apply for grants i mean if he is an yeah. then he can apply for grants for that i think there is a lot of them google gives out grants i mean it's a whole oh, he, he's got he knows that the funny thing is that the man is 73 years old and he do, he does all the technology he, he he managed the show for us he actually used the soundboard he manages the, the, the cameras he does Stuff. And but he's also, but the funny thing is, he's also teaching my young person who's our stage manager how to do these things and how to do the board and using the phone and switch and stuff. So he's teaching my staff for how to do this stuff. And this is a 73 year old pastor doing this stuff. I uh, love it. I love so I'm amazed by him. Like, you know, more than me with this technology. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just here to help you out with my resources and support you. But it's just amazing <laughs> how we teach, how we teach each other these things. But it's amazing the 73 year old man doing this. And it's really amazing. And, uh, uh, I just told him to be ready because the, the phone is ringing off the hook for him. It is. Man, I remember George Frazier, Dr. George Frazier said this. He said, um, you're just really getting started at age 70. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, you got a whole lot of stuff to be doing. I'm like, okay. I said, uh, we see, he said, yeah, you're just getting started at 70. So, so it's just kind of like, he's just leading the way, right? It's just like, okay, so this is what you're supposed to be doing at 73. You're supposed to be starting shows, showing people how to really do the next level stuff. So that is cool. That is cool. And if it was up to my dad, if you let my dad tell the story, he says, well, you belong doing this. My dad's a preacher. So I was like, you, you, you're doing this in the church. So my dad, my dad last me all the time and said, yep, that's where you belong. So that was it. Everything all kind of <laughs> yeah, like, it all, comes, it all comes full circle. So I'm like, okay, it dad, I got, I got you well, got every, me. Every major movement in the black community really does have its roots in the church. That is one of the main things from MLK to any of those things. They all begin in the church. So that's that's not unusual, that part of it. So it's just that making sure that all the black journalists that follow behind you really know that. And then they make sure the next generation behind it, that they're helping and they're they're serving and, and they're just really lifting up the community as well. That's really what the whole thing is about. That's what NABJ is about. That's you know, it's all about. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing that. Well, thank you so much, Greg. I promise you 30 minutes because I know you're a busy guy. So we're at 30, 31. And so I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. I put down at the bottom, people can go and actually check it out at bostonglobe.com forward slash B and age for black news hour to really listen to the podcast watch it on Bruku, all that kind of stuff and then leave comments you know and That's then right. follow them on social media and retweet them and all that kind of stuff so I sign up for the newsletter and sign up for the newsletter which is the second Free. issue is coming out soon <laughs> right right, right. Coming out Friday. <laughs> i love it i love it well thank you so much and i think people really get a lot of value from what you're doing and you are really a, a it's a model for what other uh, markets can do as well. So thank you so much for joining. Get out there and get known. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com. 
where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PanPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PanPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.